Oh, well, yeah. Run, run. Uh, okay, sorry. We're having a scat session, you know. Yep, when we hear that a cappella theme song, we just gotta sing along. It sort of awakens our beat poetry side a little bit, you know. It does, it I does. I saw Angel had it hit. Yeah, no, never mind. Yeah, I, I don't think we should go there yet. No, we shouldn't, no. That's, Anyways, that's you might be wondering, what show is this? Well, this is The Arts Report. Yep, and I'm your host, Jake Clark. And I'm your host, Ashley Park. You're listening to what, Jake? The Arts Report. I know, but we are listening to what station, though? Oh, CITR 11.9 FM. Own your frequency. No, that's right. And it's broadcasting from unceded Muscoon territory in Vancouver. So, first of all, we have some amazing guests for you today. They've been on the show before, but they're back and better than ever. Please welcome to the Arts Report, Professors Brian Wade and Sarah Grave. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey Hi. there. Thank N- you. Nice, nice to have us. Yeah, it is nice to nice to have you guys. Yeah. It's a professor joke, I think. Is it okay? <laughs> Wait, does it does that mean we if we don't get it we fail? That's right. Oh. Oh no. Well, well, I got it though. <laughs> that doesn't work. But. Now we understand you're involved with uh, Brave New Playwrights. That, that's right. Um, I am the uh, faculty advisor this year, and Brian has been involved with the festival for many, many years. He founded it back in 1986 when oh. he first arrived at UBC. I don't know if you want to yeah, talk a bit about that. Before Brian. there were cars, and uh, <laughs> we ha- we had to actually use snowshoes to get to the theater, right? So uh, mm-hmm. it was it was challenging. It was challenging, and we had to light candles, you know, instead of electric electric uh, stage lights, right? So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, what was I talking about? I think we were talking about how the... Uh, the reenactment of the Barry Lyndon yeah. lighting, apparently. That's right. That's right. Yeah, or the very beginnings of this festival. You oh, the showed very up beginnings. at UBC, and uh, there was nothing for playwrights. That's either, right. right. There was nothing. Anyways, one one anecdote I can uh, pass along. Our first show was in the graduate student ballroom, right? To, mm-hmm. Just to show you, we sort of had to just sort of get work in whatever space we could work in, and... Uh, so there was one play where there was a Volkswagen Beetle, right, uh, and a mechanic working on it. And so what did we did? I had a friend who had actually had a Volkswagen Beetle, and we managed to get it in the doors, right? So after, uh, so there we we had a, a real Beetle on stage, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we we haven't done that again. So how did that work? Was that like the first show of the evening or the last show of the evening? Like how uh, did the rest of the plays work? Around? Uh, well, I I, th- I can't remember actually. It was. Uh, I think we just would push it on, right, for that that particular play, right, oh. in in place, right, and then it was easy to move, right. So, really? so it was, uh, it was, it was uh, easy. It wasn't once once you once you get it in, that was the main problem. Okay, fair enough. And now you've obviously the festival's progressed obviously quite a bit since then. Mm-hmm. Thirty one years. Thirty one years, and. Yeah, that, like last year was the, uh, the the third decade of Brave New Playwrights, which is amazing. <laughs> if you say that way, it's really an, a huge accomplishment. Yes. Well, I, I think it's actually one of the longest running new play festivals in Western Canada, if not the longest running. So that in mm-hmm. itself is a huge, huge accomplishment. Right. And before we go on, I do have to ask the, uh, the title. Where did that come from? Uh, well, uh, it came from uh, the sort of the whole idea because it's a play on words, of course, mm-hmm. rights, um, which is R-I-T-E-S, just because it's a, a rite of passage mm-hmm. and the whole idea of brave new uh, writers, uh, students, right? Maybe this is the first time they've actually had their play produced, uh, often is, Um and I think that's and I so that's sort of where that's a good question. That's where the the name came up, right? So I wanted something sort of short and punchy. Oh, and then just like brave new playwrights. That's right. Also, people in creative writing love puns. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But also, if I'm not mistaken, right, it was the first time because this festival is run out of the UBC Creative Writing Program, which is a very sort of literary program. And so, if you're mm-hmm. a playwright in a literary program, you write your play, but that's it. What's next? And so I think. You know, just the act of mm-hmm. getting your play onto the stage, going through that part of the process is so important. But, yeah, you have to be really brave to do it, right? You're putting your work out there for the first time. You're seeing it on its feet. It's all, you know, the festival's all about that part of the learning, the collaborative part of making right. theater. Mm-hmm. Right, That's right, Sarah, yeah. And it can be the most wonderful thing in the world, or it can flop. It doesn't matter, but it's that excitement <laughs> in, yeah, in yeah. doing it and getting an audience in to see your work. And That's true. That, that, in, that intense feeling of this is alive and could die at any second. Sort yeah. of thing happening. Yeah. Yep. It's definitely uh, theater. It's definitely theater. One thing I wanted to ask is, since last time we've spoken, 
How has Brave New Playwrights changed? How has this festival changed? Well, I think last year we were uh, talking a bit about how, um, I guess last year was our second year uh, producing off campus. Uh, for yes. many, many years we've produced off on, on campus. Um, so we had our, our produced shows at 1398, but we had our stage reading series uh, on a different site at uh, Playwrights Theatre Centre. And mm -hmm. so a big change this year, we've sort of moved all events into the one space at 1398 to create a more cohesive, more exciting, vibrant festival mm -hmm. in one location. Um, as part of that, we've expanded our stage reading series. I think we have um, 16 plays that will be receiving stage readings on Sunday, March 19th. Um, they're sort of divided into two programs. So mm -hmm. programs A and B uh, will start at 1 p.m. And then we'll reconvene at 5 p.m. for programs uh, C and D. So um, it's possible to sort of drop in and see, uh, you know, both halves of, of those programs or stay for the whole day. Uh, but that's sort of an exciting development. And those plays will actually be staged in the same theater where the live productions will take place. And so mm -hmm. it's sort of a sort of bigger, more more exciting event. Yeah, definitely I see more of a connection between the reading series and the uh, the actual product, like productions uh, themselves. But this is not to say like, you know, stage readings are any way lesser. I think it's actually really great that they have an even greater feature, especially, you know, being first. And the fact that we have so many to choose from, it's definitely kind of a huge display of the variety of styles and variety of talent that the uh, playwriting classes of, of the creative writing department has to offer. Is there a theme at all to the plays in the program? Um, I don't know. I, I would say they're an eclectic bunch. Uh, I don't think there's a, a real theme to them all because they're all, um, all the students are writing from different experiences, right? And uh, there's a mixture of undergrads and grad students. And, um, so when we solicit plays, basically we're looking for shoestring theater, something you can mm -hmm. do simply in a small back black box space. So I guess what the plays have in common, they're all short, um, and they all can take place, you know, with minimal staging. But um, so ideally, you don't want to have to wheel a Volkswagen in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Although yeah. <laughs> you learned from the first time. Higher <laughs> techniques, right. nah, not really. But I think the Higher exciting. <laughs> It's just exciting to see how students run with those parameters and the, the diversity of plays we create. There are a lot of comedies this year, uh, sort of an unusual number in the full production series, which is mm -hmm. maybe a change from what we've seen uh, in other years. But I think it just that was just sort of luck of the draw in terms of the types of scripts that came in. And there's a musical, right? There's a musical this year, oh. too, Onward and oh, Up. Ooh. And uh, as mm -hmm. far as I know, um, there are Emily Peck. Emily Peck. Mm -hmm. Playwright Emily Peck. Uh, is it like a jukebox musical or is it original? It's original, um, oh, and so uh, Emily Peck actually composed the songs in her lyric and libretto class uh, taught by uh, Professor Tarek Hussein, and uh, she's in the process of recruiting emerging mu musicians. They're going to try to have musicians actually on stage playing cool. the music. Cool. Live music. Oh live boy. music. So it'll wow. be very cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm very excited about Excellent. that. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, no. Did you want to say something, Jake? I was scratching my head. Oh, no worries. Uh. Well... <laughs> Well, what I wanted to ask is um, in the fact that you have, again, different stuff every year. That's like the main thing that I really want to emphasize to anyone listening to the Arts Report and thinking of going to Brave New is that every year there's new content, stuff that's never been seen before that's, um, that people are bringing up. And then you said this year you guys have more comedies. Uh, next year, who knows, maybe entire like tragedy fest or something. But I did notice that on your website now with Brave New, you guys have festival passes. You guys are kind of like, I don't want to say you guys are getting legit now because it's been legit for, again, 31 years. But um, why the festival pass? And now, and let's say, you know, if you have the festival pass, it kind of feels a little fringy. Are we kind of, maybe, will this grow to be as, you know, big well, as French? It's in 1398. We saw a few fringe shows there. That was where we saw Wild Society, did we not? No, we did, we did. I think we're just trying to encourage to people uh, people to come on out and see the shows, mm -hmm. um, and we're aware that you know students are you know often living on a budget, and uh, we just wanted to uh, mm. provide a way um, where you could come and take in everything at the festival at a slightly discounted price. Mm -hmm. So a festival pass will enable you to see um, both programs of the full production series. So we have ten plays in full productions, five on one night, like five. In one series, five mm -hmm. in the other, and alternating nights. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, the f stage reading series is, is broken up into different series. So this pass will enable you to get into every everything for a flat rate of $38. And wow. we're hoping it'll encourage people to come out, to bring their friends with them. Um, if you can't find the 38 bucks, we are also offering, you know, single 
tickets to, to all the events as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I think, again, it's going back to we want to have the whole festival un- under one big umbrella and sort of just celebrate everybody. And we felt like festival mm-hmm. passes. And when is the stretch of plays? When Over what time does this take place? It should be on uh, the reading series is March 19th, but the full productions is uh, until 23rd to 26th. Yeah, 23rd to the 26th. Groovy. Of March. Of March. That's right. great. So, yeah, we open March 23rd with Program A. Program B is the opening is the following night, the Friday the 24th. And then mm-hmm. there are matinees on both the Saturday and Sunday as well as evening performances. So mm-hmm. lots of opportunities to come out and yep. check out And they out are alternative days. So that's like the one thing that people should be aware of, right? That right. If, if you want to go see Program A, then there's a Program A date. And then if they want to go see uh, a show in Program B, there's a Program B date. They're not, it's not all shows on on, on the same day or something. So all these details are spelled out on our website That's at right. bravenew.ca, and uh, tickets are now on sale. So the, the single tickets and the festival passes, again, the link uh, is there to brown paper tickets uh, from our website, bravenew.ca, and um, the sort of different program times are all outlined if you follow those links. Mm-hmm. And I would actually encourage people to get the tickets early because that space is actually quite intimate. There's not much seating, but you kind of feel a little bit more like special when you do get in then because like, oh, there's not enough people, but... You know, not not a lot of people, but it's like you're in there with the cool kids. You're in there with the cool kids. You're in there actually seeing it, and it's sometimes very like visceral because it's happening right in front of you. Let's talk about things happening right in front of you. Let's talk about how you guys got to um, actually organizing this festival this year around. What have you learned from last year? What are you guys trying out uh, new this year? That sort of thing. What have you guys learned? What have you guys been like? Oh boy. What have you guys learned from the past three decades? You know, aside, basically aside from avoid small cars. <laughs> small form made automobiles <laughs> well um, this is my first year uh, sort of uh, advising the festival solo so mm-hmm. I feel a little bit like I was thrown in the deep end and uh, <laughs> learning to swim you were um, although that's not entirely true I was actually my history with the festival goes way back I was a student here doing, I did my MFA here in my, the early 90s and mm-hmm. my first involvement with the festival I directed a show in uh, 1994 called Aquarium written by a writer called Stephanie Bolster who a couple of years later, went on to win a Governor General's Award in Poetry. Oh, wow. So uh, that's the other neat thing about Brave New, the writers you see on stage, they go on to do amazing things mm-hmm. after the fact. Stephanie and Poetry, uh, many of our playwrights have had their shows remounted in other cities or are prominent members of you know our theater community here in Vancouver or across the country. Anyway, that was my, my first toe-in, but I think because of that, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Brave New. And you know, once I was on faculty, I've been assisting Brian for the last few years. Mm-hmm. And uh, just for this year, Brian sort of took a step back, and I've I've taken the reins. And so I guess the challenge for me was to kind of build on all the great work Brian was doing, but also bring a fresh vision and, mm-hmm. you know, just maybe try a few new things, festival passes, that kind of thing. Just, mm-hmm. you know, keep growing the festival. Um, I think every year, I mean, year to year, we never know what our budget's going to be, you know. So this year was a tighter fiscal year, I think, at the university generally. So oh, our, our challenge was yeah. how do you continue to – run a festival and grow a festival when you, you may have more financial limitations. So mm-hmm. I, I'm sort of proud that we're, we've been able to move forward and, you know, offer these fantastic uh, plays this year, um, despite, you know, some of the, the tightening of budgets. Um, and I mean, I think a lot of it is just to, yeah, for me, I guess, is doing this the first time, just making sure things continue to run smoothly. I was mm-hmm. joking with Brian the other day, like, don't drop the baby while you're away, you know, <laughs> make sure um, there's something there for him to come back to and hopefully something bigger and better than ever. Mm-hmm. Well, what about you, Professor Wade? Now that um, I, I guess, I guess what Sarah's talking about. I mean, one of the things you you are doing differently or is being done this year is uh, with the live stage shows. Um, we usually have been producing twelve, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, so uh, it was sort of discussed, and and I know you're trying to do. You're actually doing only ten live shows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of like this sort of uh, constant refining in terms of the festival that you're actually uh, sort of incorporating um, new ideas, right, and trying them out. And so this year, we'll, you know, Sarah's gonna and the the student producers are going to try it with 10, 10 shows, see how that works, if that's more manageable mm-hmm. for the staff uh, and for the audiences, you know, because it's, when you think about it, it's going to see five different shows be, or, or six different shows, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes you go to a show. Uh, I remember one show last year, right? It was a show about uh, being on a bus, right? And they actually took people out of the audience and brought them onto the bus, right? Could you believe that, Jason? I think, I, 
I think we know. Who's Jason? I'm Jake. Oh, Jake. Okay, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I knew it was a J. That's okay. I, sorry, I, I was guessing. Time, like, <laughs> Jaddy, Joe, Jack, not Jake. That's okay, it. Jake. I uh, thought Alice yeah. was. Yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, I know. Uh, I was going to say that play sounds very familiar. You're really familiar? Like someone in this yeah, room yeah, may have written it? Yeah. Like a certain Ashley Park? Yeah, it was my play. And um, yeah. I, I am part of the program and speaking from like a personal perspective. It was one of the most coolest things I've ever done, period, within the creative writing department. Other ones being like in like a, a really cool podcasting class taught by a really cool teacher, Professor Wade. <laughs> Which podcasting is, class. Yeah, it's so cool. Well, that yeah, would have been really helpful, don't you think? Yeah, right? Especially for people listening to radio and they're like, you know what? It'd be really cool if I kind of <laughs> learned how to, you know, maybe do a radio script. But going back to Brave New, it was... We have a, we have a script. <laughs> I don't have that's right. You gotta yeah. tell me. And your name is Jake. <laughs> yeah, right. That's okay, right. okay. Yeah. Don't don't forget. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we have a script. Your name is Jake. My name is Ashley. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we all these troops to be self-evident. That you know, yeah. I forgot now. That's okay. But um, it it was a really a cool experience because uh, you actually get to work with a director, which is really great. And um, I think this is the first time I got to work with a dramaturg, and that was also oh, cool. pretty cool too. Um, it, it's it's always really great to have other people looking at your work and if they really care about your work like the way that you care about your work then the combined like vision of it especially bring it to stage or bring it to reading feels much more profound in the end i was kind of a little bit nervous because i thought i was doing something like really weird and people would be like oh no i'm very turned off by this i don't want that person close to me but then at the same time i really wanted it to happen and it got to like actually happen before my eyes i felt really happy felt really happy i think well, that's great. That's yeah, no, it was a provocative, memorable piece of theater. And I think my spouse was one of the people who got pulled up on stage in one of the performances, and, <laughs> and she still talks about that experience at dinner parties. So it's, it's, a, it's a theatrical experience that lives on with people, which yeah. is very yeah. cool. I know. It was, very, it, was, it was actually very cool, actually. Yeah, and these so. are professional actors, directors, dramaturgs, or are, are they students? Um, it, it's it's a mix. Um, so the, the dramaturgs and festival producers this year are both um, MFA students in the creative writing program. Um, Megan Andrus and Liesl Lafferty. They're actually uh, joint students in creative writing and theater. Um, and uh, for the past few years, we have been producing uh, with the Vancouver theater community. And um, I think most of our directors are, are probably emerging directors, although we do have a few professional directors who are, who are doing this gig. And... Um, emerging actors from the, the community who are, are volunteering their time to, to work on the festival. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's so valuable for our playwrights to have this opportunity to, yeah, watch, you know, these great minds, uh, these great artists work, yeah, uh, interact with the work and, and put it on its feet either in mm-hmm. show or That's got to be an interesting environment, like uh, students and professionals side by side that we had on the show, actually. We yep. had... Uh, Michael Mitho and Nicole Weiss, Weissmiller? Yeah, Nicole uh, Weissmiller. And yeah. Weissmiller. They, they were doing lighting design. Yeah. And they had a, they were really like, they were super, super into like how lighting can affect like how one can see the, the stage and even make them, make, make people feel sick if you do like some sort of like weird lighting. Oh, yeah. Like just on your eyes, it makes them go like, ooh. Right. Which is really cool. Love information. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't knock down love information. I'm not knocking it, but I am saying that sometimes, you know, hope there's no epileptics in the audience for that one. Yeah, let's just say that. Uh, but it was really cool because a lot of people, especially um, people who've never worked with, again, all the behind the scenes, they actually get to. And when you see how much production goes into even readings, even like stage productions, there's quite a bit, there's quite a bit and it's actually really, um, I would say, at times overwhelming for a student to deal with. But because this is such a personal environment and this is such a kind of almost a like growing environment like for the person to grow into their artistic kind of like like talents and whatnot you get to really work with actors and be like you know what maybe when they say it it actually sounds wrong then you get to refine your work you get to work with a director you get to refine your work it's always a learning process yeah it is a process and i i think i think i think that's i i think that was one of the key uh, sort of strategies behind it uh, forming the festival for me because mm-hmm. I remember when I was an undergraduate student um, the most uh, formative experience I had was 
there was there was nothing like this when I went to UVic, and uh, the most formative experience was uh, a group of friends actually uh, did a stage reading of one of my one act plays, right? Mm -hmm. And it was just amazing, right? So um, uh, in the in the lounge of the student sub, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, it was that simple. And, uh, you know, probably, you know, five people came, right? But, but I mean, I think it was that kind of experience of working with actors uh, and working with a director. And I think, that's what, I think that's what Sarah and I have been trying to do, uh, you know, these last few years, especially with if, for the stage readings too, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I think it's like, so it, it makes it a very inclusive experience for all the, all the playwriting students, right? So. And I think just riffing off that and going back to something Ashley was mentioning earlier, I think sometimes there's a misconception that, oh, okay, we have the full productions here and, you know, the stage readings mm -hmm. are somehow... Right less than that's not the case at all I think it's more about where's the work at um, mm -hmm. as I mentioned earlier it's a shoestring festival some pieces work better in that environment some of the plays and the stage readings are very elaborate beautiful plays that will be better served mm -hmm. you know in a reading in this type of festival and I would argue that the playwrights get as much out of the experience right. at, 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 through, through the readings as the full productions and the audience will come and be surprised the stage reading is sort of I think sometimes people think, oh, it's just like a table read, actors mm -hmm. sitting around reading a script. It's not at all. It's sort of halfway between that and a full production um, for anyone who's uh, attended those uh, mm -hmm. in the past. So, um, yeah, just having actors with scripts in hand standing up, you know, moment, yeah, theatrical moments begin to happen even in a, a reading mm -hmm. context. Oh, and... I'm gonna riff riff off that. Let's just riff off each other. But um, being actually part, bring it, bring it, bring it. Yeah, but but uh, being part of a, a staged reading myself, I I actually was an actor for one of them. That's for a different um, thing, the Sinophone plays. It is as you said, and maybe ours is a little bit more movement based because our director was very movement oriented. But um, when you actually have the person even reading to you, there is that kind of performance aspect because it feels like a storyteller almost and the imagination is perhaps as strong as a really good set design as really good costume design as really good lighting design mm -hmm. so I do have to agree with that and I love the fact that what you guys did this year was really expand that have more of the readings in and feature them in a way that they feel to be as important of kind of like equal standing as a produced piece gotta be a good feel yeah. mm -hmm. and the, I, I about the aim of this with the move to Granville Island and all is there a focus more on uh, the playwrights putting their work out there for uh, like you the, mean like outside of the UBC yeah for, for more of the theater community of Vancouver at yeah large. yeah Jake there was uh, I mean that's certainly one of the one of the reasons that we moved off campus uh, was mm -hmm. was to um, to actually sort of be more involved in in Vancouver itself, the city, because I mean, I, as as you probably know, it, there is a, a, it's a challenge for people, for the public to get up here to to actually get to an event. And you can't parking, buy Freddie Wood, you know. Yeah, parking and you know what I mean, and finding the building like where where we were at the Dorothy Somerset, mm -hmm. uh, it was a great space. Don't get me wrong, it, and you know mm -hmm. it was great being there. But I mean, it was just uh, so. I mean, there were a lot of different reasons, but I think. They really have become the positives now are, are great because also you're down on Granville Island. It's mm -hmm. more central. You know, people can go f for a drink before or they a bite to eat, right? You know what I mean? Or mm -hmm. afterwards. So it's a more social uh, uh, situation, right? And, I mean, one of the real benefits being so central, I think more of the community does come out, and mm -hmm. it does feel like we're being embraced by the theater community, yeah. and we are showcasing our students' work to that community, mm -hmm. and we're collaborating with that community, which is such valuable learning, because, you know, for people who go on and continue to do this work, these will be their future collaborators, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's So it's great to be building those bridges now. And uh, I guess with that focus... This, the theater for this is a venue we've been to for a while. It has these associations with Fringe. And I think we mentioned this before, but uh, are, would you say there's an overlap between the professionals in Fringe who show up at Fringe festivals and the professionals working here? I think we'd see familiar faces. 
I think a lot of them, I think a lot of the plays that actually were in Brave New sometimes even get, um, again, fronted into a fringe, too. Yeah, yeah, probably. And I think actually uh, playwright Olivia Ite um, <laughs> of The Hoarder, she had a, a show in The Fringe this past year as part of the Only Animals. Uh, they, they had a special series in The Fringe. That's mm-hmm. right, yeah. On oh, global one? warming, and I'm... I'm oh, Wild Society. I believe maybe. so, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, I liked that one. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. There were two... Really good. Did, did, did you see that one? I don't think I saw that one. I think you got to see that one. I saw that one a couple times, actually, because I saw that one once to, for the show, and then I saw it again with some friends, because it was, that was a really a fun show. That was really two smaller plays, and that was I, a very interesting. They were very differently performed. They, they're sort of stylistically different, but they both did the same sort of overarching thing. Like, there was the Oscar Wilde one with the um, the rabbit and the uh, raccoon, and there were the two penguins snorting snow and drinking iceberg vodka <laughs> saying global warming's totally a myth and then it ends with wait we can't swim <laughs> that was that was funny yeah that was that was that was pretty entertaining and she so she wrote the hoarder then she wrote the hoarder and um i think more commonly plays that sort of premiere at brave new playwrights sometimes they go on and in an expanded version and appear at the fringe mm. so an example at the top of my head this is going way back spanish fly by maureen medved i'm right. sure brian can think of others and i know um, for example i was mentioning emily peck's musical onward and up mm-hmm. i think the long-term plan for that piece is to create an expanded version that could appear in a a festival like the French, but also uh, Sasha's play, right? Uh, Correct, that's right. Again, my ocean, um, my ocean. It yeah. started out as a, a, a brave new show. That's two Sasha years Singer ago. Wilson, of course. That's, that's right. right, and uh, it, it uh, yeah, I think it was a pick, uh, audience favorite at uh, this year's uh, French last festival. year's French. Yeah, yeah it was uh, an amazing show. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so th- that's sort of what happens is. Uh, there's life after Brave New, right? Yep. So, and people go on yeah, to do like fringe it. shows, uh, and like and like Sarah was bringing up, you then they become, um, you know, collaborators, right? And they they start their own theater companies, and uh, they start producing their own work too, right? So, in uh, in the commercial spaces, I think exactly what a Brave New really does is accomplish is the fact that it allows people to be brave. Because in, in the beginning, a lot of people are very oh, kind of see. yeah, little, little, bit, little bit shy, little bit shy, and to show them how big their brave is. Yep, that's right. Basically, because it's hard to make those connections when you don't, when you feel like you don't know anyone. Right. And this builds that connection again. It allows people to connect with other artists within the community, but also their own work, and to uh, remind people, uh, just because it's about five thirty, so we have to go into a few ads and come back later the brave new playwrights the 2017 festival the staged reading series are on march 19th the full productions are march 23rd to the 26th studio 1398 granville island wonderful space to perform and wonderful space to actually you know be an audience in so if they wanted to buy tickets where would they get tickets um check out our website bravenew.ca and there'll be a link to brown paper tickets Mm -hmm. and you can sort out all your ticketing and pass needs there all right. All right. I, I think one of us may be there. You know? One of us? Well, both. Both. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming. I, I don't know. Yeah, both of us. Yes, both of us. Definitely. We will be, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I hope so. Yeah, so we'll see you at the theater. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> All right. So again, we will be back after these short messages. Thank you again, professors Brian Wade and Sarah Gray, for coming to talk to us about brave new uh, playwrights. And we'll be back after these short messages. And my name is Jake. And your, <laughs> and your name is Jake. Another night's work well done. And so easy without that nuisance Spider-Man. I didn't know you cared. You! Yes, Electro, and I'm going to short-circuit you once and for all. You would have been better off in the hands of the police. You are no match for my power. It takes more than power to win. It takes brains and knowing your enemy. Your brains any day. What was that? That, my thieving fiend, is the result of brains. Use your brain. Turn off all the lights when you leave a room. If every household in BC turned off one light bulb for four hours a day for one year, it would save enough electricity to power all the homes in mission for an entire year. This Power Smart Play brought to you by 
BC Hydro Power Smart and CITR 101.9 FM. Now, when you were starting out as a writer, you were black, impoverished, homosexual. You must have said to yourself, gee, how disadvantaged can I get? Well, no, I thought I hit the jackpot. Oh, great. <laughs> it was so outrageous, you could not go any further, you know. It had to be, so you had to find a way to use it. Curated by Barbara Chirinos in partnership with Viff Van City Theatre, the annual Black History Month film series shines a spotlight on African North American film and history. This year's program encompasses music, political protest, spiritual, emotional, enterprise, and endeavor. The centerpiece of Black History Month at Van City Theatre is the exclusive Vancouver premiere of the Academy Award-nominated documentary I Am Not Your Negro, screening from February 24th. Other highlights include Julie Dash's seminal Daughters of the Dust, the music films Molly Blues and Sign of the Times, and a new Canadian documentary about the untold history of black hockey players, Soul on Ice. This is Nicole from UBC Heart and Stroke Foundation Club. Here at HSF, we aim to promote health and wellness, provide financial and volunteer support for the Heart and Stroke Foundation of BC and Yukon, and foster interest in cardiovascular disease research. If you want to be part of an amazing community of heart drops, learn more at www.ubchsf.com. The most powerful motivational speeches that I have ever heard came from people who told me I couldn't do something. <laughs> you know why? Because when they told me I couldn't do it, I was bound and determined to show them that I could. All Access Pass is back for season two. We are a collectively run weekly program that discusses equity, inclusion, and accessibility issues on and off UBC's campus, including both visible and invisible disabilities. You can catch All Access Pass every Thursdays from 2 to 3 p.m. Anyone can get involved. No experience is necessary. People of all abilities are welcome to join. Check us out on Facebook at All Access Pass or get involved by emailing accessibilitycollective at citr.ca. Welcome back to the Arts Report. You're listening to CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from unceded Musqueam territory in Vancouver. My name is Ashley Park. I'm your host. I'm Jake Clark. Uh, and I'm Danica Enad. Oh, hello there, Danica. Welcome when to... When did you come here? <laughs> Welcome to the Arts Report, power of advertisement. <laughs> but you're here to promote what? Um, the UBC Players Club uh, Festival Dionysia, which will be happening next week, March 8th to 11th. All right, great. So what is Festival Dionysia? Yeah, what is it? Um, so UBC Players Club, um, I think it's it's in fifth or sixth year um, doing this. It's basically just a one-act festival. Um, we accept submissions from prospective directors, playwrights. Um, everything's like a short 20-minute script, and then we... Um, we decide which ones we want to put on, um, and then we have a short little every night, all six shows. Um, this year there are six. Um, all six, uh, all nights, uh, all six shows are performed um, in one go. So it's uh, always a really fun time. A wide variety of things get performed. Some funny, some not so funny, some <laughs> weird. Um, so it'll it's always a really good time. I've been involved with Dionysia for. Two years, um, once in my second year and once in my uh, right now, this year, um, I've been producer, actor, writer, mm-hmm. in many jobs. <laughs> what are you doing this year? Um, this year, I'm a scriptwriter. Um, I was fortunate enough to when I submitted a script to the powers that be that decide who <laughs> gets to get who decides which plays get performed. Mm-hmm. Um, they decided that mine was um, one of them, which is super fortunate. Um, and I also act as production manager. Um, basically that role means I find uh, the production team so the costume designers sound light Mm -hmm. set um, costume props and I just make sure that the directors and the actors have all the support that they need in terms of set props and all the things that they could and we help with a lot with promotions and Mm -hmm. just making sure this festival itself runs smoothly 
And uh, now, what is the, what was your play about specifically? Yours? Uh, the play that I wrote, um, it's called Family Matters. Um, and it was told to me, I figured out later that it's actually the name of a TV show, too. Yep. Um, I genuinely just did not know that. Like a TGIF sitcom um, type yeah, of show? Yeah, definitely. Like, that, that like a Nick like... at Night type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Kirk Cameron is a cameo somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, it's about three cousins um, who have grown up together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go off to university. Uh, and they don't go, they, they're not, they separate. Um, and they come back after a year and they find out that the way that they used to be with each other doesn't work anymore. Like their old dynamics mm-hmm. no longer fit. They're both, they're all growing. Um, and so then they decide to go visit their old high school just to say hi. And then they get trapped in their elevator. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and basically, <laughs> so the play itself is just set in this elevator and in some memory scenes of how they used to be and where they are now. And you watch as things fall apart um mm-hmm. so other things can happen it's very dramatic <laughs> and that's directed by uh and they have Steven to eat each other Zubo. to survive right yes uh, apparently yes ideally they're gonna hunger games it out there they don't go. know that yep. yet but we'll tell them during tech week <laughs> this escalates dramatically like whoa this went from zero to lucio fulci in like <laughs> 10 seconds and your play family matter is actually directed by uh steven zubovic is that yeah, right stefan stefan yeah so me. he's in the production design program mm-hmm. uh he did the lighting and production design for love and information for um, ubc theater and film um uh, we went to go watch that and I've known Stefan for about a like almost well this entire semester we've worked on a few shows together. Oh great! Oh, crap. Yeah, we've worked on one, two, like four or five shows. Many shows in, together. Then. Yeah, yes. we've worked on a lot of shows together. Um, and he's never directed before. He's always done production work. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting to see him and his process in figuring out what he wants to do. And like I trust him completely with my script. Mm-hmm. So I was just like. I'll come watch the read through. <laughs> I'll come watch when you're done. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need, like you can ask me any questions you have, but it's yours now. Like um, that's a huge thing for scriptwriters, which is always very difficult. Is like you create something that's so yours. It's like sometimes it's so yeah. personal that like sometimes it's very hard to give up. Um, but like as scriptwriter, you don't know who's interpreting your script and you want as many voices as possible so Stefan always brought such an interesting perspective because he doesn't know what it's like to have a huge family like he's an only child Mm -hmm. and we've had conversations about that where he's like I love this because I don't understand it and so with the way he interprets it and the way he understands their dynamics is so Mm -hmm. different than the way that I know because I grew up with that outside looking in yeah basically it was really interesting to like hear his insights and his ideas and all of his ideas are so great and i i'm so like i haven't seen anything of the rehearsal process i'm going in tomorrow to go oh great i was was about to ask about that i watched um i watched the read through with the with the cast that he picked and um he asked me um during casting process because i was there the entire time as production manager he was like Mm -hmm. this is who i'm considering for these roles and i was like sure go for it I've never seen them perform so like I trust Mm -hmm. you completely um so then I went to go watch the read through uh and I was already just so like completely blown away I was like you Mm -hmm. like this casting is just spot on and they hadn't even done it any anything with it they just like it was a cold read Mm -hmm. um but yeah so I'm really excited to see what they do with it once everything's been rehearsed and stuff and speaking about the process of getting a play or you know being a part of the production as an actor or um, even production manager for Festival Dionysia, this is all run by students, is that right? Yes. And what's it like being in a basically student-led and student-run play festival? It is time-consuming. It's, <laughs> very, time-consuming. it's very time-consuming. We, It's very interesting, and it's a lot of fun. Everyone is so supportive, and they're always willing to help you out. Like, the, the UBC players executive team, there's a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And so everyone is always willing to help out when if you need their help. They're always willing to have input. There's always a discussion and a dialogue going on of what is needed to be done and who needs help and if help is needed or mm-hmm. do you need support or anything. Um, and I think that's a huge thing about us being like a student-run club because we all recognize that like this is an extra thing that we're doing because we love it Mm -hmm. um a passion project yeah it's a passion project and so sometimes but sometimes that we can't always focus on that because school is a thing and like work is a thing and life is a thing so trying to balance everything is kind is very difficult i was under the impression that you kind of got to just pick one yeah right you 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 think you have to pick one and i like Mm -hmm. like 
this proves that like you can't just because there's so many like moving parts in this like there's so many things that you need to keep track of but there's so many people involved in the festival itself I think including like the entire production team cast crew everyone there's closer to like 50 people working on this festival um which is amazing and like and they're all here because they want to do it and they're all passionate about it and they all love Mm -hmm. what they're doing which is amazing and is this primarily uh, students from things like creative writing, theater, programs like that? Or is it from all the whole spectrum? We kind of get a lot of kind of from all over. Um, myself, like I'm I'm not in theater. I'm not in film. I study history and political science. Oh, I see. Um, and then um, a lot of we get a lot of art students. Um, some creative writing students do submit scripts. Um, and then we get a lot of we get a lot of um, first year BFA hopefuls who uh, want to audition for the BFA who love the theater. There. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really yeah they always love it because it's a chance for them to perform like straight out of high school. Um, we also get a lot of uh, a lot of people actually just kind of from all over. Mm-hmm. We um, we because we're open to everyone for all levels of experience. So on our exec team we have some arts kids. I think we have a few science kids. Um, and then we have some BFA acting students who are on the executive team. And then in the productions themselves, people come from like all faculties to mm-hmm. come because they love theater and they don't always get a chance to perform. So this is a love, like a great chance for them to perform. That's not committing to like an acting degree or a theater degree. Mm-hmm. And not only for performers, but as you mentioned, people who want to write a play, but maybe they just um, they they're just not part of the creative writing program. Not eligible for brave, brave new. You know? <laughs> but well, it's, it's exactly, it's exactly what you're talking about. It's the fact that it is quite open for people who are like, you know what, I kind of want to just send it out and see yeah. what I can do. Yeah, and which like is really great. Yeah, and like we love like our production team itself. It's like because Festival Danisha is such a student led passion project. We are welcome to like all levels of experience. Mm-hmm. So there are some people who who want to help out, but they don't know how they can help out because they don't have. Like, they've never done this before. Mm-hmm. So we just ask, what area are you interested in? And we just kind of, like, throw them into a design area. And, like, and they succeed and they, like, they flourish in it. And they're, like, they do such amazing things that, like, I – they do things that I can't even <laughs> hope to do. Like, they mm-hmm. hang lights and, like, they paint things and they, like, come up with all these, these ideas. And I'm, like, oh, my God. Like, this is these you're they're in charge of, like, six shows. Make like. an or may fascinated our pipe cleaners and hot glue. Yeah, like basically, yeah. yeah. And, like, we have our set designer is built, is, like, building, s- like, cabinets for sinks and it's, <laughs> yeah. like, making an elevator. And then our lighting designer is, like, wiring a lamp to turn on and off from a booth. And then there's, like, our sound designers who are, like, playing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of technical yeah. aspects going into a, um, what, what people would think, like, this is, like, a, a club event, but this is very much so a grander scale festival Dionysia. Yeah, it very much is. It's it's a huge project, and it we try to treat it as like I don't want to say like real theater because it is real it, it theater, is real, but real theater, yeah. something that you wouldn't normally accept from like like expect. a student yeah. thing, right? So like it's something we try yeah. to like l- like we always try to like up the level of like quality. Yes, and like it's always so good, like. The, the talent that we have as young people is just amazing and so then like why not give them a chance to showcase that mm-hmm. so what we do is we just ask them what they want to do and they just they do it and it's amazing and I love it now you mentioned that there's uh, a f- some int- some tragic some comedic some just plain weird programming in Festival Dionysia what's that distribution like for this year's seven plays so the six plays that are being performed um, are Family Matters, mm-hmm. written by myself, um, some uh, show called Bedtime, which will be directed by yeah. Maddie Walker. She that was written by uh, Mary Gallagher, right? Yes, that's, so that is a professionally published script. Maddie came to us with this script saying, I want to perform it. Mm-hmm. Um, Doris Darling, written by Linnea Ritland. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be directed by uh, Sebastian Ochoa Mendoza. Yep, that's um, right. That, one, that one, one is a very fun. Yeah, Jake's in that one. You yep. know how funny it is. Uh-huh. It's really- you're in this one now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't. I didn't mention that. I feel like I mentioned that on one of our last shows. Yeah, Jake's yeah. in it, and it's. I play a lecherous octogenarian. Yeah, it's really funny, and it's like <laughs> I, the most I was I've there. Ever had in a role, actually, it's hilarious. I was like beside myself, laughing so hard, mm-hmm. and it's so good, and I can't wait to see it. Um, another one um, is called Our Place. Yep. Written by Tomas Bali. Um, it is about two boys who come back from university and they're best friends and um, they just decide to like 
reminisce and there's catch up. There's a theme up. here. Yeah, there's a theme. Yeah. Um, another one is called The Levy, mm-hmm. which will be directed by Tomas. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a published script as well. Yep, written by Taylor Mack. Yeah, and then um, that one is about um, a married couple expecting a child, but they both have their own qualms about it. They're not as excited as they feel they should be. Mm-hmm. It is. It very much is one of the more dramatic plays in the mm. show. And then finally, we have Lonely Hearts, written by uh, David Lewis and directed by Scott Franchuk. It's, um, it is... It is such, it's very, it reminds, it's very much prose, mm-hmm. which is a huge testament to the writer. Is that the and exorcism one? Yeah. No, no um, it's quite. the it's the ghost one. Oh, okay. So that one's That's the right. ghost one. It's about like a haunted house and like some archaeologists mm-hmm. and it is written in prose. Um, and that is just a testament to the writer and the actors because okay. to pull something like that off writing wise is so incredibly difficult and David does yeah. it so well. And then for the actors, learning prose is extremely <laughs> difficult. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can't wait for that one. That one should be really good. And that's was Inesha. That's until um, that's starting March 8th until the 11th. What time does it start and where does it take place? So shows will start at 7.30. I think there's a matinee on one of the days. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the Saturday there's a matinee. Not too sure. Check the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, but they will all be happening in the Dorothy Somerset Studios on campus. It's right behind the Solder Building. Mm-hmm. So it's very close. And how will people be able to get our tickets? Um, so an online ticket link will be up soon, ideally by the end of this week, um, if the treasurer gets back to me. <laughs> if everything goes if well. If everything goes well at the end of this well. week. That's right. Um, it, it will be on our Facebook page, so check us out, um, UBC Players Club, or search Festival Dionysia on the little search box on mm-hmm. Facebook. Um, tickets are $12 for students, $15 for non-students, and then $10 for Players Club members. That's actually, like, pretty great, yeah. especially if, again, you want to go to, you know, one day, see all those, like, really great yeah. one-acts. Yeah, so you don't have to pick one. You get all of them. Yeah, you get all Which of is them. great, yeah. So, yeah. like, and the runtime is about uh, an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. About, yeah. About including minutes. Including uh, intermission, probably closer to oh. two hours, but, mm-hmm. I see. yeah. But for six shows, that's, like, that's pretty quick. That's pretty, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Well, that sounds actually really great. Um, so one thing about Players Club is they also do MTT. Is that right? No. So UBC Musical Theater Troupe is a, a separate AMS club. Okay. We um we work very much closely together. Um, mm-hmm. we've done a few workshops together. It's yeah. really fun. Twenty four yeah. hour musical. Twenty four hour musicals. 24 we do. Musical. That was that was fun. Yeah, I got to flip on Jake's back, hit him yep. over the head. <laughs> yeah. It was. Really, I was Batman. Oh, yeah. it was great. Yep. I was. Uh, <laughs> you're the, the Riddler, Riddler yeah. yeah it was great the um, reason why I'm asking is on, on your page you guys actually have all these like wonderful things that you have open to people who want to kind of come by right like the workshops that you mentioned yeah. and you guys also have readings so you guys are a club so let's say for example somebody you know they missed the Festival Dionysia or they were really excited to you know they saw it and they're like wow this is really great I want to you know kind of hang out with you guys what are your club days? Um, our club days, um, I mean, we, we try to organize really fun, like, social events. Mm -hmm. I know, Jake, you've been to a few of them. Um, so they're not, like, they don't happen, like, every week, but we do Mm -hmm. schedule some fun events. Um, sometimes we do some 19 plus events where we'll go to a bar and we'll just hang out, um, as a club. Yeah, you went to that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you you were there. (laughs) For some reason, I have a hard time remembering. Oh, right. You were there. Yeah. Um, we'll and blame then, it on the concussions. <laughs> um, we do workshops. Um, mm-hmm. The musical theater one is very, very popular. Everyone has such a fun time. They get to sing and they learn a song because musical theater is very oh, yeah. different from theater. <laughs> um, but it's really fun. Um, and then upcoming, we do have a few more events. I know at the end of April, they're throwing like a players club prom. So like we oh, just want to. Nice. Yeah, we just want to get together, have fun, dance a little. Um, and then I know we're doing a bowling event coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, just on our Facebook page, there will always be updates of like what we're doing and how we're hanging out. And it's not like we, as a club, we're not only here to promote theater, but like also the club itself, like the club environment of us, mm-hmm. like, cause we all love each other and we have a great time hanging out. So like our events are geared towards theater people, but we're open to everyone who just wants to come hang out. Like our events mm-hmm. aren't strictly like going to watch shows or like doing gotcha. things like we like a lot of them are just fun hangout events that we can do together mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun and it's a great it's, feeling of community yeah yep and, and one thing i notice is again it says like you know it's free to everyone very inclusive club 
seems very cool. UBC Players Club, especially Festival Dionysia. Um, we do have to go to a few messages, but thank you so much for you know coming on our show yeah. and letting us know again. That is March eighth to the eleventh. Um, at starting at around 7? 7, 7, 7, 7, 7.30. And um, the location is where again? Uh, Dorothy, Dorothy Somerset Studios. Right, thank you very much. Thank we'll you. We'll go right to a few messages. Slap my hand. trouble finding affordable fresh baked goods and coffee? Come down to Agora Cafe located in the Macmillan building at UBC. There's also space available to study. This is CITR 101.9 FM. Broadcasting from unceded Musqueam territory on the University of British Columbia campus in Vancouver. Diversify your university involvement and experience a new culture today. Isaac UBC is the world's largest student-run organization that specializes in helping you get an internship or a volunteering opportunity abroad. With thousands of opportunities in over 127 countries and territories, this is truly an international experience. Apply today at isaac.ca. That's A-I-E-S-E-C dot C-A. I thought we were off air for that last bit. No, we weren't. Okay, so, sorry. I, I, I misread the off-air sign. I uh, got my reading glasses from Warren Beatty. Oh. <laughs> well, let's, talk a- let's talk about the Oscars. Let's talk about it a tiny bit. I think everyone and their mom talked about the Oscars. To, like, you know. Well, yeah. Like, Well, yeah. The, second, the second I watched this happen in real mm-hmm. time, well, with some legs, but with real time, and mm-hmm. the second I saw that, I was like, several people at BuzzFeed are now hitting their keyboard, like, with wild enthusiasm. Yeah, they're 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 gonna be like, oh, like you know, top ten screw ups from the Oscars. Yeah, or like, what? Uh, like, what? This Oscar screw up is the worst thing ever, and why you should care. Yeah. Like, why it, X is so and so forth, and why you should whatever. Yeah. Those titles of articles are starting to really annoy the piss out of me. I don't know why. Because there's so many of them. That's true. That's true. I guess ubiquity. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. I, I kind of got a good kick out of the Oscars, though. Actually, really, why? Well, I like Jimmy. I like Jimmy uh, Kimmel. It's Kimmel, isn't it? Yeah. I, there's a lot of Jimmys. Yeah, yeah it's Kimmel. <laughs> I, it's Kimmel. Kimmel. I, I thought for a second like Jimmy Fallon, but no, it's not Jimmy Fallon. No, I'm not, not, he, not as big a fan of Jimmy Fallon, but no, I like the, Jimmy Kimmel as a yeah. host. Okay. I like I like his manner, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, he was good. I think as a as a host for it, the Trump jokes, obviously, you know, it's, it, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a Trump joke. <laughs> but like he's like Meryl Streep overrated. Like did that joke that was like I, I thought that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I I did like the uh, a lot of the bigger awards like because d- I'm very happy Viola Davis won. I am too. Oh Oscar Oscar spoilers and so I'm, I'm pretty sure people will know you by now. You can't spoil the Oscars yeah. after they've happened. To be honest, like right? you, you can only really spoil the Oscars while they're happening. <laughs> Like so, it's only a matter of me. The woman from Hidden Figures who was on Empire, I kind of wanted her to win because I mm-hmm. really like her as an actress. Like, she's just I find her delightful. Mm-hmm. But uh, like Viola Davis was great in Fences, and Fences was I wanted Denzel Washington to win Best Actor. Mm-hmm. Fences, honestly, Best Actor was sort of the one category, and I was like, eh. I know, me too. Because like, okay, well, you know what, well, like. Uh, like I, I don't mind Casey Affleck. I think he's a good actor. I think he was I'm good in Manchester honest, by the I, Sea. I felt like Manchester by the Sea. They were trying to make it like Oscar, like an Oscar thing. Well, yeah, but yeah. you know that happens a lot. Like there's a lot of Oscar bait movies out there. And to its credit, I think the Oscars this year did kind of swerve a little bit away from that. Yeah. But Fences, that's an Oscar movie. Fences was, was, was really well Oscar done. Movie. Have you ever read the original play? Yeah, by August Wilson. Yep. I have. Mm-hmm. And I think they did well with that. I think Denzel Washington, well, all movies Denzel Washington's directed are Oscar movies when you think about it, like The Debaters. It's still a great movie, Yeah. but they're Oscar movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
there's a point to that. I want him to win for Best Actor. I kind of I when Viggo Mortensen was nominated though, I was immediately like, you know what? I want Viggo Mortensen to win Best <laughs> Actor because I liked Captain Fantastic a lot. Uh-huh. I think that was a really good movie, mm-hmm. mostly because it had Frank Langella, and I love Frank Langella. But um, Viggo Mortensen, I do really like as an actor and just as as a personality, and I think mm-hmm. he's what do you think? He's Aragorn. Yeah, he's cool, man. Well, the weirdest thing I did realize while watching Oscars, um, a little bit before that though. The guy I think of as Aragorn actually died this year. Oh. Uh, because that guy's John Hurt. Mm-hmm. Because uh, when I was very young, the first thing I saw of The Lord of the Rings wasn't the Peter Jackson movies. It was the Ralph Bakshi version. Oh, okay. Uh, which is animated, made in the 70s. And my dad, my mom and dad had that on VCR. Oh, wow. So when I was young, I watched that yeah. a lot. And I remember that. And John Hurt voiced Aragorn. Mm-hmm. And there is no violence in the woods of Lothlorien. Only when we bring it there. I, I distinctly remember that. And uh, the Bakshi version is not as good as the Peter Jackson version by a long shot, but there's a lot of strong things to it. Mm-hmm. And I just remember John Hurt's voice like that. And that's, I, I like John Hurt. He died this year. Mm-hmm. Bill Paxton did too. I, just, I found out about that about the Oscars. I was sad about that. Mm-hmm. Like Bill Paxton. There, w- there was like a bit of like uh, things that are happening with like the memorium. Memorium. Thank you. Memorium. Didn't they accidentally put like someone who was living? On the memorial? I don't recall, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think they accidentally put the wrong picture. They, uh, <laughs> well, they got a bad, they had a bad run of luck with that. Yeah, I don't know who was doing the Oscars dirty this year, but someone was doing the Oscars dirty this year, making it the, look real foolish. More foolish than before. The thing that everybody looks at and everybody talks about, though, is like the Best Actor Awards, the Best Screenplay, mm-hmm. Best Picture, Best directing best editing on the outside yeah i was i was i and i really liked those i thought la la land did deserve it for editing and director uh i definitely thought moonlight deserved it for screenplay mm-hmm. i did kind of want hell or high water to win but hell or high water not necessarily an Giant oscar jeff movie bridges. jeff bridges yeah it's yeah. got jeff bridges in it i like it hell or high water was a really good script at the same time if you've seen no country for old men yeah you've seen all of those kind of movies you technically need to see. To be honest, yeah. Like, it's kind of a, like, the sort of neo-Western thing. It's like a neo-noir. There's only so many ways you can, it's the same set of genre conventions, you just can only recontextualize mm-hmm. them. Uh, but Moonlight was a really well-written movie, and there were a lot of, there's mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff. Moonlight actually was part of the Vancouver International Film Festival. Yeah, I know. That's where we saw it. Yeah. It where, was, uh, I saw it. You I saw it. Yeah. I, I didn't, unfortunately. I didn't have... The, the 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 time to go see it but if people are ever interested like hey you know i want to watch oscar movies like you know did I, t- did I tell you about this what not on the bus ride to uh to i think one of the movies i don't know which one it was i think it was naruda mm-hmm. um i ran into these guys who i think were from a film program here yeah and they said oh man you gotta go see moonlight it's gonna blow you away mm-hmm. it's gonna win it's gonna win an oscar it's gonna win i think they said best they said best screenplay wow yeah the good good thought on that one yeah, but I, and then i saw it on their recommendation it's like yeah this is really good yeah i did i when i saw gal garcia bernal go up i did kind of want him to get a nod for naruda <laughs> which because i still enjoy I, I look back on that movie yeah it was kind of fun like just him doing a peter sellers impression <laughs> uh, that was good but um and also damien chazelle i i like damien chazelle a lot mm-hmm. i really want him to make more movies and he's the youngest guy to ever win best director so i think he is yeah yeah he is it's just really excellent. I like that he got Best Director. I think the facial hair might be a bit of a mistake, but, you know. <laughs> it's, the, the guy's a genius. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm really excited for his next movie. Same with Barry Jenkins, actually, to, to be honest. Like, I, I, I both mm-hmm. of them, I, I really want to see them do more things that just, that are, because they both made movies that are kind of outside the box. Yeah, it was quite outside the box. But not experimental. Really, and, I wouldn't I'm say. Gonna be on, I'm going to actually agree with you that it wasn't actually quite experimental. It is, like, a different topic, but it's not, like, you know, like... No, like, they were both really good at that. Yeah. Like, uh, La La Land used... Was a, a movie... If I can this up, La La Land was a movie that was set in the present, looked back for a lot of its influences, and so kind of makes itself move forward a little bit. But Moonlight is a movie that's set in the present, looks back for some influences, and looks forward for a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I think the interesting thing about this is that if you want to be on the right side of history, as overused that phrase may be, yep. Moonlight is the better pick for Best Picture than La La Land. Yep. And there has been a million think pieces that pound into your goddamn skull why that why that's 
apparently the thing is like when Royals was released and everybody was, chew- was chewing out Lord for being racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, considering current climate now, yeah, I wonder about that. Wait, <sighs> little were bit. You, were you well, grooving to it, you know? Was I grooving to what? The Royals? The, yeah, well, yes. I think every, I think everyone's a little bit. But uh, like the like best picture, like Moonlight, you know. Um. Yeah. I, I. The thing is, with the Oscars, like my friends may get a bigger deal than I than I do. They really get into like the entire Oscar party kind of thing. So they're like, ah, oh, you can't, you know, you can't, you know, I'm not gonna text anybody or whatever because I'm having my Oscar party, and then they have like their champagne, and they drink it, and watch TV and everything. Because I think it's kind of like. How much money a, do your friends have? It's like it's like. Sh- it's Prosecco, like okay. not that great champagne, okay. like a Moscato maybe. Like, Ugh. just I'm just saying, like you know, they just go for like a cheaper wine or cheaper champagne. Okay, but, but like, yeah, yeah, I get you. But they they really like they get really into it, and I know like one of them was like, oh my god, can you just believe a Warren beat it? And I'm like, no, because I don't have a TV. I just I just see the news later. The, yeah, the, the, I I he he misread it. Like it was an, he got the wrong envelope or something. But he he did like a double take though. He did like a double take and he was like, huh? Yeah, and then was... like Faye Dunaway was like, oh, let me see that. I, I liked how the people from La La Land managed it. Like they made the speech within. Oh yeah, but we lost. And then just see this side. I, I did kind of like that. Like you just kind of realized. Thought, I think one of my friends was like, it's a stunt. And another one's like, no, it can't be a stunt. They oh. just look too real. Oh, I think it could be. And I was like, they're actors. <laughs> I, I think it could be. Like because yeah. I think my theory on this, and this might be sound like a crackpot theory, is that the Academy. Was going to vote La La Land in, but somebody had the same idea that I and many other people just had, which is that if you want to be on the right side of history and if you want to make the pick for one that's probably the best mix, something that does actually break the Oscar formula that is now so entrenched in culture that it's very mockable on its own right, yep. you pick Moonlight. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to let, but the Academy, for one thing, is going to want to pick La La Land, and two, La La Land still deserves a lot of acclaim. In a year where Moonlight is not there, it would be Best Picture. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you though. Like, I also, but I don't like that train of thought because it doesn't, then it doesn't give Moonlight the credit it deserves. You're just That's true. you're just playing into identity politics, and I think Moonlight does oh. more than that. I think it's a really great film on its own. That's true. Uh, that is that is true. Although I, I watching it, I did kind of realize that you know. There's a lot of instances where I, as an upper-middle-class white Canadian, have no idea what it's like to grow up black, gay, and poor in Miami. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time, like, I was like, this is a very – it's a very good way to shoot a lifestyle that I have no idea mm-hmm. about, and a lot of other people don't. And well, I, I, I'm digging myself a hole here. I, I just – Yeah. Yeah. It was a good movie. I'll say that good, much. It, it was, was an movie. excellently written movie. And I want to see Barry Jenkins do more things because he seems like he's making a watchable Spike Lee movies, which Spike Lee hasn't done for in excess of two decades. <laughs> Actually, no, 25th Hour was pretty good. but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if we're talking about... Actually, no. This is a completely different one. This has, this and now for something completely, completely different. different. Let's talk about Fun Drive. Woo! Fun Drive. What is Fun Drive and why is it important? And we're going to just go off on Fun Drive before we kind of like, whoa, go. But Fun Drive is very important. It is the way that uh, CITR, we are, again, a student-run like uh, radio station. Yeah. Almost. Like almost all of it is student or community members. And what we do is um, we make sure that all of our content that we curate is available for any UBC student, anybody in the community. They pay a low membership price, and then they get to basically learn how to be on radio and all that stuff because we have all this like great equipment. It's, it's a great point of access, and I've said this before, but mm-hmm. I would not be able to do this. With, I would not have been able to do this without the air of inclusivity and the general ease with which CITR – enables people to actually create content and i think that's really commendable mm-hmm. i know for sure that um, if people are interested our fun drive is going to actually start next week next week in uh march yep, yep. so that's always going to be uh, yep. quite good they can call to donate which is great donating is is also good for you if you want you can write it off as a tax thing too if you want yeah and they have like great yes. prizes too just to let people know fun drive is coming up it is a great way please support what are some of the prizes li- well i don't know do we have a set of prizes yeah i know for us or, for the arts report we have a set of prizes but we can't speak for the whole we can't, station that's we can't right speak yeah for the whole station but um if you do want to donate it's always great it always helps local radio out it helps 
make make this kind of a platform accessible to the community. Yep. And that, that's great. And come on, think about it. Like, with, without us around, who's going to talk about, like, you know, Batman versus who's gonna, Superman? I was going to say yammer on about Batman v. Superman for I, an excess of a uh, quarter of an hour. Right. And also talk about the Oscars a little bit. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, name drop Caligula. Oh, oh I wasn't supposed uh, to say Caligula it. Caligula again? It's like Voldemort. <laughs> anyway... This wraps up today's uh, episode of The Arts Report. Thank you so much for joining us. Next week, we will be again available here Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Yep. I am your host, Ashley Park. And I'm Jake Clark. And hope you have a good one. Cheers.